Hi, Green Junkie. It's Stephanie Moran. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Molly Hill, the founder of Maison Pure. On her blog, Maison Pure, Molly reviews the best performing natural beauty products along with sharing safer products for the whole family and advocating for change in the personal care industry. She's passionate about arming people with knowledge so they can confidently choose safer products for the whole family. You can head over to my Instagram at TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram uh, to follow me. And if you want to reduce waste and learn to consume less in just five days, you can binge my complimentary audio series. You'll find the links in the description. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcasts. That way you will never miss another Green Living episode. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, of course. I know this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, I've been following you on Instagram for a long time, and I feel like I know you really well. (laughs) We've never (laughs) met in person. I just follow you along on social. You know, sometimes when you follow somebody and then you meet them, you're like, didn't we already know each other? And you're like, no, no, we've never met in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's one of those weird things about the, uh, the social media these days, you feel like, you know, people. Right. So you are so passionate about the beauty industry and like, like in your bio, like arming people with the knowledge so they can make their own choices. And I think that's so important because you can tell people the information and if they make a choice that let's say they end up choosing a different deodorant that you might not recommend, but at least you gave them the knowledge that they could make that choice. Right. Yes. Well, I think it's really important as consumers that we know what we're, we're buying. I think so often, you know, people fall prey to marketing. And now of course, I think a lot of brands know that natural and green uh, sells. So unfortunately we're getting a wave of, you know, people trying to, look natural when actually if you turn over the product and look at the ingredients, it's not actually that natural at all. Um, I think it can be overwhelming for me just to say you need to start looking at ingredients, but really the truth is always going to be on the label. And while a lot of us don't have that ingredient knowledge while we're just walking around at the store, there are a few great apps out there that can help. And I find with time, you kind of get used to seeing some of the more common ones that are um, more pervasive in products. And you can kind of pick that out on your own. So some of the apps that I like, they're not perfect because they pull from databases. So of course, sometimes they might overlook certain bad ingredients, or um, you might find that two different apps rate things two different ways. But this it's probably just for beginners, a great easy starting out point just to have in your pocket is this app on your phone that you can actually scan the products as you go. And it kind of can guide you for what you're looking for in the ingredients and if the overall product is good or bad. So um, I like Skin Deep and um, that one, you can scan the products with the barcode. The other one is Think Dirty. And on both of those, not only do they give you an overall product rating, but I like that you can go in depth on all the different ingredients. And if you're kind of like, why is that ingredient being flagged as bad? You know, you can dive a little deeper in the app and it'll tell you more information. So it's kind of easy to use, but also teaches you as you go. And you would say those are like your top two ones that if somebody is, I don't, I just know fragrance is bad. <laughs> and, and I like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty versed when it comes to ingredients, but I do use the Google and I do use other apps just to be like, I'm not a hundred percent sure of this ingredient. So I'll quickly Google it as well, you know, or I'll use like skin deep or think dirty or whatever other apps out there. So 
I think, you know, like you said, not everything is perfect. They're just really good baselines, really good baselines to figure out what it is you want to buy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, look, if you're just going in blind and like you said, maybe you just know that fragrance is bad. Um, you know, that's, you don't want to be stressed and overwhelmed trying to pick products. So this is such an easy tool that you can use. Right. And it kind of just takes the guesswork out a little bit for that person that might be new at buying ingredients. Right. And so talking about ingredients and, you know, you're using skin deep or think dirty to kind of figure out what products it is that are good or might be bad. What are your top ingredients where you're just like, if this is on the label, just don't buy it. Like, it's just not worth it. Don't even look in the app. Like just have it written on like a little post-it note, have it in your pocket. (laughs) And don't buy ingredients that have these, like maybe your top five or like top four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with fragrance. Um, Unfortunately, fragrance is considered proprietary in most countries. So they don't have to disclose what it's made out of, which is typically many, many chemicals. Um, It can be well over a hundred. One of the most common ingredients would be phthalates, which is um, a type of chemical that it's a plasticizer, but also helps to make things stick. So that's kind of what makes uh, fragrance stick around for so long and kind of stick onto, you know, if you hug somebody that has a strong fragrance, you might smell your hair or clothes later. And now it's kind of on you as well. Um, So phthalates are known to really be huge with disrupting hormones, especially in developing children, specifically in boys. There's a notable difference in young boys who are exposed to mass amounts of them. Um, But even well beyond that, there's um, people who have kind of gone down in the lab and broken down what's in some of these fragrances, uh, many carcinogens and other things. And Basically, it's a mixed bag because you don't know what's in it because they don't have to disclose it. So I would say overall fragrance is for sure a no-go. And sometimes it can be listed as perfume or parfum on there. But um, anything with synthetic fragrance, I would avoid. Uh, Another common one would be pegs where you might see um, a combination with PEG or PPG on there. That's really common. Those are a no-go BHA or BHT. I would also avoid another big one that has made its way into all sorts of things is chemical sunscreen, which now they're putting into face cream and makeup and lip balm, um, all sorts of products. It's, it's hard because there's so many different chemical sunscreens and not all are as bad as some of the others. I, all of them though, have been shown to have some negative health effects. One of the worst is oxybenzone and, um, that, and a couple others are being banned in some coastal areas just because their effects on aquatic life and killing coral reefs, but it's just as toxic for you. It's actually stays around in your body and bioaccumulates. That means your body doesn't really have a way of breaking it down and getting rid of it. Um, so that would be another one just because of the sheer exposure you're getting from all these different products, um, and because your body can't get rid of it and it has been shown to be so toxic. Um, if I had to choose one more, I think I would choose ethoxylated ingredients. Those are going to be a little bit sneakier just because if you don't have a list handy, um, it it encompasses a, a large amount of ingredients that go through a process of, ethoxylation. And during that process, there's some chemical byproducts that are present in the final product. And um, 
those are carcinogenic and it's not listed on the label because it's just a byproduct within that ingredient. So um, that's another one that, that I would avoid. And you can, if you Google that ethoxylated ingredients, there's several lists that'll pop up and you can even save it to your phone or, or print it out. And out of these ingredients, like where, what products would you most likely find some of them? Like fragrance, you, we can just say you find it everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah, like it is unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Like cleaning products, skincare, makeup, like just it's everywhere. But the other two ingredients that you like to avoid and you recommend people avoid as much as possible, where do, where do we find them? Like what are the biggest players? Is it mostly makeup? Is it creams? Is it, you know, where would we find them? Um, definitely creams and lotions, but honestly, those are, you know, I was trying to pick ones that are the most, um, commonly found. And so those are found in a lot of things. Um, especially, well, actually both of them, I was going to pick out one, but both of them could be in a, in a variety of products from hair care to body care, to certain types of makeup, to skincare, things like that. You know, the chemical sunscreen blocker, as I mentioned, you'll obviously find that in sunscreen, but they're kind of being sneaky now and putting sunscreen in a lot of things. So any product, whether it be makeup right. or even just a moisturizer that says, you know, it has an SPF, I would double check the back. Usually, at least here in the States, there's a separate box up at the top of the ingredient list that has to mark it as an active ingredient. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty easy to spot. Right. Uh, yeah. We have the health Canada does the same thing where you have to have like that active ingredient. So yeah, it is a little bit easier to spot when you know that's what you're looking for. Right. And yeah. so you've been reviewing and testing and trying and finding, you know, the best performers in like makeup and skincare. Are you able to touch on a couple of brands or, you know, just because a brand makes a really good lipstick doesn't mean it makes a good blush. Right. We can <laughs> agree true. on that. But is yeah. there like a couple of brands or maybe a couple of specific products within a brand where you're like, it's super clean? Um, you know, it's somewhat reasonably priced compared to conventional. But if to be honest, like I find even conventional makeup and skincare is also not cheap. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> the price thing can be confusing because if you are switching to natural after only shopping at say drug stores, there's, it's just incredibly hard to make super cheap, um, organic products because right. they're sourcing better ingredients. And there's oftentimes if they have any type of certification, they have to pay quite a bit for that. Um, but if you're shopping, say kind of a mixed variety of maybe you're going to, do you guys have Sephora in Canada? That might be an ignorant question. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you do? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's everywhere, but you know, if you're shopping, like that's the type of place I was shopping before I switched over. So I wasn't as like shocked with the prices. Cause I would say not everything's super expensive, but it's also not dirt cheap, but you know, as far as some of my favorites, um, Henne Organics, they make the best lip balm I've ever tried conventional or otherwise it's, um, it's so good. They have one that's in a twist up tube and then one that's also in like a little pot. And it's just really great for the cold winter nights that are coming up. Um, another one that I really like for lips is there's the makeup brand called Kosas and they have a lot of great products, but I especially like their, it's called wet lip oils. It's actually a gloss, but they have beautiful colors and the texture. If anybody out there likes lip gloss, you know, the texture can be Right. It can make or break it because <laughs> it can be super sticky or gross. And I just 
find that they have the best textures. Both of those are fairly reasonable. Um, RMS eyeshadows are great. The one like kind of uh, splurge that I always buy is the Agent Natur uh, Vitamin C Duo. It's just a powdered version of vitamin C and calcium. It's super high quality. So you can mix it into any serums you have or even just with a toner or water and apply it so it lasts a really long time. But that's really effective for vitamin C in general is just like a great ingredient to have um, in skincare. So those are some of my probably top products that I've repurchased millions of times. And what was the last one, the powdered vitamin C? Yeah, that's from a brand called Agent Natur. And um, all of their skincare is wonderful. They're, they have a natural deodorant that is one of the most pricey I've tried. I think it's like $28, but it's it works so well. <laughs> um, but the rest of their skincare also is really, really nice. But I, I would say many of their items are probably worth the splurge. But like for me, I think it's a good value for the vitamin C duo just because it lasts for so long. And um, since it's powdered, it doesn't, it has a longer shelf life as well. And when you're looking at, you know, the different products, so you're getting like RMS or other brands that you might like, do you also take into consideration like their packaging and what that would look like on that side of the coin versus just, okay, these are great ingredients, but like it's wrapped in so much plastic and this and that. Do you also look at that, that component of the packaging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think a lot of, here's the the tough part. The, the brands that are a little bit more reasonably priced do tend to still use plastic quite a bit. Although I've noticed some recently changing over to the, uh, paper, like even the eyeshadow palettes and stuff will be like, uh, it's not quite cardboard. It's like a pressed paper palette. Right. Um, and some brands like Aether Beauty developed a palette that can be fully recyclable. It doesn't have a mirror. There's no adhesives or anything that needs to be removed before you can recycle it. Um, and I've seen some brands thinking outside the box too, because like mascara has been a tough one where it's really hard to find plastic free mascara. Um, Aaron's Faces makes one of the best mascaras I've ever tried, and um, it's their matcha mascara. And it actually has a glass tube, which is so cool. And it actually, I don't know, it just feels nice. It's like a, it feels sturdy, you know, um, which I thought that was really cool that they were able to kind of think outside of the the plastic box, as, you know, as it is. But the the wand, you know, it's we're definitely far from plastic free makeup. Totally. I don't, I don't know what is going to be like kind of the tipping point to get all the plastic. Cause some of them, I, it's maybe hard to find good solutions for though. Um, I know, are you familiar with axiology? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. They've done a really great job though of kind of really thinking through their products. Um, they make a lot of lip products, lipsticks and stuff, and they've been able to kick plastic out of like products that I've never seen plastic free before. So they're doing a great job with that. Yeah. I've seen a couple of brands where they use, um, for their, uh, going blank right now, not lip balms, but, um, like glosses where instead of having a plastic tube, it's glass. Yes. Um, that can be recycled. And then I've seen a couple of brands where you buy, you know, like it was one, I think the company I I saw um, at my local store is called Elate. It's a Canadian, um, you know, cleaner beauty company. And they have like these bamboo containers and there's 
magnetic magnets on it. So yep. then you, you just have to buy the actual little container that it comes in. So then you're just reducing the amount of that packaging. You're just buying that little piece of metal for the blush or this or that, which I really like. And the last thing I was going to say for wands, anyone that's listening, if you use a lot of mascara and you don't know what to do with those wands, go to Google. A lot of like rescue places that have small animals, they need wands and they use the wands to like brush the animals. I did not know this. And um, you can clean them and collect all the wands. And I found a place in Florida that you can send them to and you just box it up and you send them the wands and they reuse them for these small animals that, you know, can't, you can't use like a brush on. (laughs) You use like the little, which is super cute. And I found one um, not far from my house. So I've been like collecting wands and I just have a box and I'm just, and they're all nonprofits too, right? So yes, you are paying the shipping, but at least that wand is not ending up in the trash. And if you Google it, there's way more nonprofits and rescue places that take wands because there's more of them. (laughs) So (laughs) you can Google it, save your wands. You know, they ask that you clean them and then you send it off to them and they will reuse them for wildlife that have been rescued, which I think is super cute. Yeah, that's a great solution. Well, you know, I I don't know what the solution is for for mascara wands to not be made of plastic. I mean, you can use bamboo, but that part where you're brushing it on your eyelashes, I, you know, it's not, sometimes it's plastic, sometimes it's like, you know, other fibers, but it's tricky with glass. You know what I mean? It's tricky for some stuff. You know, I had this conversation, probably 10 years ago, I had a conversation with a brand. I said, why isn't your stuff in glass? And they said, most people bring it in the shower. And if they bring this in the shower and it breaks, that's a whole other problem. Like they can hurt themselves, they can cut themselves. So again, you know, using a mascara and you make it out of glass, you know, is there potential that someone could cut themselves? You know what I mean? So it's, it's finding that balance of like, what's, I always talk about like, what's better for the planet is not always better for the people. And what's better for the people isn't always what's better for the planet. You know, sometimes it's hard to find both. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to find both. So I think looking for sustainable packaging is definitely part of the conversation when it comes to beauty. And I think more brands are realizing that stuff just wrapped in plastic just because is like no longer acceptable to people. Right. Absolutely. And have you seen, you know, um, before we close up, like, have you seen, you know, while you're reviewing products, have you seen some like really cool, innovative stuff outside of what you spoke about? that brands are doing, you know, um, using something maybe that's similar to plastic, but it's not made of plastic or anything like super interesting? Well, I mean, you mentioned the shower and that that's definitely a problem. And I think a liability for people mm-hmm. to put stuff in glass. Um, but I've noticed more and more brands switching their uh, shampoo, conditioner, uh, body wash, that type of product into a um, aluminum container. And yeah. There's even a few brands that you can get refills. You can either go, if you have a local store, you can refill it or um, some you can clean the bottles and send it off and like swap it for a filled bottle, which I think is is pretty good because then you're the, – the ones that I think swap it or refill it, then you don't even have to really worry about the, the pump mm-hmm. because, of course, that's going to be plastic. You know, you can just wash that out on your own, but you don't have to throw that away because you're reusing everything. Um, and otherwise, I mean, I'm trying to think because I, <laughs> I did think the the glass mascara tube was pretty cool, but 
you know, maybe if anybody's curious, I would definitely check out what Axiology is doing um, just because I've been really impressed with how far they've come. I mean, they've made it from the, from the start, they've tried to use as little amount of plastic as possible, but I feel like each year they've just like, you know, up the ante and like keep getting better and better. Yeah. And it's cool to watch brands as they evolve as well to see what changes are being made. Cause once one brand, two brands, three brands start leading the way of like, yeah, this isn't acceptable anymore. And we really need to change the other brands have to catch up eventually. Yeah, absolutely. People that care about the packaging. Cause most of the time, you start off maybe by caring about the ingredients, but then you realize how much packaging is involved. Then you slowly start caring about what the packaging is. And then you might, people might start moving away from certain brands because they're just like, doesn't seem like they care about the disposal. And I just want to mention, because I mentioned this like pretty much in every episode, I talk about TerraCycle, but in the United States, TerraCycle has come, is, is freaking amazing compared to what they offer in Canada right now. So if you love makeup and you use a lot of skincare, go to the TerraCycle website and look at what free programs they have. Cause there's a lot of like brands that I wouldn't particularly buy their products, but they do sponsor you sending back your makeup, but no specific brand. Cause sometimes a TerraCycle has to be a specific brand that you send back. Like if I don't know, RMS was like sponsoring a box with TerraCycle for free, you can only send RMS stuff back. But a lot of bigger brands will sponsor any makeup. So if you're not quite sure what to do with your makeup, I really suggest TerraCycle and then. If you Google Google how to dispose, there's another emerging brand, I guess, kind of like TerraCycle that just does beauty. And I can't remember what it's called. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I've seen it um, mentioned, other brands have mentioned like, hey, you can like dispose of our products this way. But I just think TerraCycle, if you are buying makeup, just at least dispose of it properly and, and TerraCycle can take that and transform it into something else. So it's just not ending up in a landfill. And like I said, the state, the United States has so many free programs compared to compared to Canada, personally, which I've witnessed. And all you do is like you collect your makeup in a box. And once it's full, you print off a label off their website and you mail it back to them. Yeah, that's really cool. So if anyone out there doesn't know what to do with their makeup (laughs) and personal care, (laughs) go to TerraCycle and you'll probably find a program that will allow you to like get the stuff that you can't put in the regular recycling. Um, they'll take it for you. So I just wanted to mention, I talk about TerraCycle all the time. (laughs) Don't forget about TerraCycle. Don't forget about TerraCycle. They should be paying for this. (laughs) Yes, they should sponsor you. (laughs) They should be sponsoring my podcast because I'm talking about them all the time. Anyways, um, I just wanted to say thank you for for coming on and having this conversation. Um, I like having conversations with people about the beauty industry because it's just such a really big industry. And every time I speak to somebody, there's always something new in the conversation. So I really appreciate this conversation with you. And before we sign off, can you let people know where they can find you and where they can follow you um, and all that jazz? Yes, of course. Um, First of all, thank you for having me on here. It's an honor to talk to you today. And um, you said my name prettier than than I usually do. So I'm from the South, (laughs) but I'm the same everywhere. You can find my website in MaisonPur.com and I'm on social media, all the same handle at MaisonPur. And then um, I'm trying to think if I'm different anywhere else. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Pinterest, all of those, but um, you should be able to find me on any major platform under that name. The reason I say it is because it's 
my French accent's coming out. So anyone wondering, Maison is house in French. So, yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's wondering, what does that word mean? It means house. So it means pure house. Yes. For anyone does, listening. Thank you. So when I that say had to- I had to explain it to a lot of people when I started. They're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm saying it with like my French accent, my, my, my Quebecer accent. So again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stephanie. For more sustainable living inspiration, I have a couple of episodes that you might care to listen to. Episode 56 is called The Hidden Secrets of the Beauty Industry. Episode 59 is formulating your own beauty products. So if you don't want to go in and buy your own products, there's ways that you can make your own products. And these two episodes are with Lorraine Dalmeyer. And episode 62 is the toxic rebellion, the toxic chemical rebellion with Kristen Pelshaw. Um, you can listen to those and get a little bit more information. And please share this episode with your friends, your coworkers, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your cousin. Seriously, anyone you think that might benefit from this conversation. Stay connected with me on Instagram at TikTok at this is Stephanie Morham. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And you can download my complimentary audio series. Everything we mentioned about the products, I will link in the description. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.